So, t- so last week we decided to, we were looking at the AFI top 100 movies list and we decided to discuss um, uh, a movie that neither of us had seen that was on the list and we landed on All Quiet on the Western Front from 1930. And uh, I, have, I have so many thoughts, and, uh, but I would really like you to start with, you, with, with your impressions. How did, you, how did you feel about the film, Colin? I liked it. Um, I, I guess I wasn't too worried. You know, sometimes you watch these old movies and you're, you, you want, you, you wonder like, is this going to feel like homework? Is it going to be totally dated? But I, you know, I'd heard about this movie forever. And I, I mean, I think, you know, you can analyze this movie in a lot of different ways, but for something set in 19, for something made in 1930, this really just kind of sets the template for a lot of war movies. I mean, I was mm-hmm. obviously the technology's change and the gore level and all those things, but um, the construction is is pretty solid. I mean, I know it's based on a book, yeah. but you know, sometimes you watch these old movies and you're like, you know, what the hell are they doing? Or it, it seems <laughs> a, a little slapdash. But um, yeah. I don't know. Really, I, I mean, t- you know, we'll talk maybe about the acting and, and things like that. And, and there's certain things that are just dated. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's an impressive film. And I, I think for anyone serious about movies, it, it holds up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I loved it. I yeah. was, I fucking loved this movie. I thought it was great. And, uh, I was very surprised I came in cold and I think I had actually might have confused it, confused it with the red badge of courage. Um, okay. I might not, yeah. Or, or some other, you know, like high school assigned kind of book that did you ever read the book? I thought I had, but uh, <laughs> I think no. I, okay. you know, now, I, now I really want to. Um, it's a great book. Is it? I mean, because the movie was, uh, okay, let me just, I thought the movie was great. And I was, I went into it cold, but I had the same sort of sense of trepidation that you had, which was that uh, it's a movie from 1930, right? Right. And so what I was expecting, like with a lot of old movies, like what they'll do is they'll, just like a lot of people talking in rooms and the camera never moves. Right. And, you know, and there's a lot of like string mute violins in the background and <laughs> there'd be like a scene where somebody's like, Oh, Hey Joe, you're an opera singer. Why don't you, you know, do a tune or whatever, you know, like, you know, just some bullshit about like a different sense of entertainment that does right. not work for modern audiences. Really, at all. really cornball, like vaudeville kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had, yeah. well, a, cause I hadn't really figured out well, a, because it's, a different generation and what their expectations of, 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 of being entertained would be B they, you know, that the filmmaking technique was not yet there and C it's like, um, just kind of shitty, you know, just like you kind of expect this, this boring ass shit. Uh, but this defied all those expectations. This movie yeah. defied every single one. It defied my expectations almost on like a moment by moment basis. I mean, there are certain things that were definitely of its time that um, held it back. But I was like, I, I was uh, for I was just stunned by it. I love this fucking movie. And it was 
And it's interesting to hear you say that your your big takeaway was that it was um, the template for war movies to come because I actually thought it was singular in being an anti-war statement and it only could be made in its time uh, because of history and because of just the way films have gone. Like you can, you know, like, right. first of all, you know, like, so like it's about German soldiers and, you know, you can only make that. You can only make like this every man thing about you know regular knock around guys who are German soldiers during a war. You cannot make that after like 1939, you know? Right. And- well, no, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously in hindsight, we know <laughs> there's going to be a, a world war two. And yeah. so this anti-war message uh, kind of, bet- it's, you know, looking back, it's, this is between the wars. It's about 10 yeah. years, uh, about halfway through, before you get to World War II. So yeah. now there's just like the sense of, of innocence to it because, you know, the next war is going to be even worse and the Germans are going to be the epitome of human evil in the second war. Um, so yeah, to just kind of look back and see that they're all kind of, I mean, the, the movie, the movie's message is anti-war and yeah. a lot of that is because they're saying, well, we're all kind of in the same boat. I mean, between us and the English and the French, we're all just yeah. dudes who've been forced into this. Right. And it's insane. Yeah. Like I felt like this, the statement of the movie um, and probably uh, my, my impression is that like, if you really want to like, like distill the statement of the movie, it's like war is essentially dehumanizing and it just, it, it, it ruins, it takes away any humanity in the micro level and the macro level. And it's unnecessary and and stupid, you know, like because there's there's that wonderful scene that's a little it's a little bordering on cornball, but it's fucking perfect. Also, where they're like, "Why do wars begin?" And it's like, "Well, when a nation, you know, because they right, right." I want to get more into the acting style later, but you know, yeah, it's hard. I, I yeah. think if if anything, you know, everyone's it's very amped up in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that's very, kind of the style and yeah, you know, well. Let's put a pin on that because I really want. Sure. I, but yeah, I, yeah. I just want to you know, close out this thought, which is like, there's that wonderful scene where, like, so they're talking about why wars start, and they're like, well, it's when countries disagree with each other. It's like, well, how could a country disagree with each other? Like, what is a country? Like, do I have a hill, and does my hill disagree with your river? You know, oh no, well, it's the Kaiser getting mad. Is well, I'm not the Kaiser, and you're like, why is he mad? So why are we here? Why, you know, why must we do all this, you know, destruction? And it's sort of like you don't expect like something like that to pierce through the fog of a war movie. It's sort of like it, uh, um, you know, like you don't expect that anymore. Cause like now you look at even like the, like the Avengers movies and stuff today, like they're, they're made with the, with the military, you know, and there's like a militarism to it, you know, like they're, yeah. are, or, you know, it, it, you can't do anything after world war two where you just like blanket, like war is bad and we're all equal you know, all people are equal and there's like nations are all equal or whatever, because, you know, you, then you have the obvious rejoinder of, well, what about the Nazis? You know, and it's like, well, okay, the Nazis are bad. Clearly, you know, nobody's going to fucking argue with that. <laughs> you know, but then, like, but then you apply. Then, I don't you know, know. You know. Some people today maybe wouldn't argue with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, you know, but you, you got my point. Though. Yeah. Right. Right. If yeah, anyone yeah. who's a bad guy, it's yeah. Anyone there's a bad, yeah, there's bad guys and there's good guys. There's no, there's not going to be like that scene. Oh, that wonderful scene, the fucking movie where like the guys where the dudes in the trench with the, 
French soldier and the French soldier is dying. And he's like, yeah. no, I want to, you know, and he just, yeah. cause that's, that's when the humanity again, like the humanity returns. Like you can't just be like the, the, you know, cause like all this, all the, the, I'm a little all over the place. I'm sorry, but yeah. Well, like the, let me just get back to the book for a second. Cause it's sure, been sure, a sure. long time since I, I think, I don't think I read the book in high school, but I might've read it when I was a freshman or sophomore in college. So it, it was a long time ago, but it's a great book. It's very straightforward. It's, it's, you know, written at like an eighth grade level. So it's kind of Hemingway-esque in, in that regard. But yeah, the, one of the scenes that I remember most from the book is the scene when he's in the, he's in the trench with yeah. the French soldier all night and yeah. he's kind of trapped there and just this guy's is bleeding out. Right. Um, and the book's that, a, the book's um, a novel, not a memoir, right? Right. But, uh, okay, Mark okay, was, he was a German soldier. So it's yeah. based in fact. Right. 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 He's drawing from his own experience, but it wasn't like, this is what happened to me. So, okay. All right. Well, go, I, think go on, he, I did a little bit of research on him and I think he was only in the front lines and combat for maybe a month and then he got injured and he was, he, the war was over for him. So he wasn't, the book right. is over the span of it, I think at least a, a year or a couple of years. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And the movie certainly reflects that it's over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause when he, when he goes back to the class, um, uh, the professor's like, he joined during the first year of the war. And I like that was a long time. Right. Ago. Right. Yeah. And here are all, all the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, well, it's so, it's so, it was so good. I mean, okay, you know, yeah, let's talk about the acting style a little bit. Sure. Cause that, just to get that out of the way, that was really what, that's where the 1930ness of it was a real draw was that like the main guy, there's no pretense towards these guys, like trying to be German at all. You know, there's right. no like accent or whatever. And they're talking in that like very 1930s movie way. I don't know if people talked like that or if that was just like trained stage <laughs> actors and orators talked like that, you know, that kind of like, Hey fellas, come on. We're going to go over to the Yale Harvard game. You know, come on. We're going, we're going off to wall. You know? It's I, like, yeah. I don't, I, I've wondered about that too. I mean, I'm, I'm a historian, but I'm not a linguist, so I don't really <laughs> know. But like, yeah, you listen to FDR and like Eleanor yeah. Roosevelt and they kind of, they talk in that mid Atlantic <laughs> cadence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's like a theater or radio thing that, yeah. they, but you know, they've had, when this movie comes out, you've had talkies for three years. So yeah, it's early, it's early talk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Some, uh, I read an article where they said this is the first like big, um, talking film, first like major talking film that didn't star Al Jolson. I'm like, Oh, okay. It's good context. For that. <laughs> good you're right. They, yeah. You think Al Jolson was not in this movie. I know. <laughs> it's all right, guys. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all oh god because there is the scene where he talks to his like his poor mother in the bed which is not a great scene but if that was like man yeah whatever. yeah that that was a little bit melodramatic um, yeah there there are like three scenes that were a little bit that were i i, I didn't love but there i mean the grand majority of it i loved um yeah. yeah the act so the acting like the main guy is not up to the despair and horror of the material like with his voice, but then, so, you know, like, like he, when he doesn't, when he's not talking, he does express that well, like in the, it's just that when he starts talking and he's, and it's weird, it's, it's, it's jarring. You do have to, I had to kind of get past it, but it was like, you know, the other guys are pretty 
good for the most part. Like the guy with the flat nose, especially like he yes. talks like just a, a regular person, the Sergeant cat. And he was fucking amazing. He was great. And, um, yeah, like the other guy, the, like the tall, skinny guy seemed kind of like a, you know, like a sitcom person. He's kind of like you know? the scarecrow a little bit. He reminded yeah. me of, of, well, I looked at him. He was funny. I looked him up. He like started his career in like Keystone Cops things. And he was always in like goofball comedies. And this was his only serious movie. Okay. And, yeah, he brought that energy, but it works, you know. He and was are, still sort of close to the comic relief. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was definitely like the. <laughs> the comic relief of this movie which is <laughs> the this despair this despairing howl of you know dehumanization and, and cruelty yeah, yeah I, th- I think probably like the first 30 minutes is uh, what's most dated about the movie because yet they are bringing in these actors and there's a lot yeah. of talking and they all seem like they all look like and sound like they're baseball players from the Midwest or something, you know? Yeah. So it takes a while to settle in. I know, but that, that really, uh, I mean, it's not intentional cause that was, you know, but it, it works really well cause that happens. And then they get to the fucking battlefront and it's like, the guy is blinded and like runs into fucking machine gun fire. And yeah. it's just, it hits you like a ton of bricks, you know? Cause you're like, Oh, like these assholes, you know, these assholes who are so stupid, they went to go fight World War One. And now this this shit's happening. You know, that was I loved that. And yeah, it's dated. But also like the first half an hour is I was really struck by the the how the the intentionality of the filmmaking. Like, you know, they're all I don't know if you noticed this, but they're all these shots in the first half an hour that are all like through doors or they're through windows. There's some I did big notice that. Yeah. Yeah. And that There's, was really interesting. That, yeah. that no, I mean, well, I looked up the, the director's pedigree. Um, yeah, that was, yeah. it was milestone. I mean, he had, he had a damn good career. Right? He, he had a bunch of kind of classic movies to his credit, but no, I did notice that there's some great shots of there's that shot toward the beginning when they're just getting to the front and it's through this big window, like a cathedral yeah. window. And you see the train, you see the town, the troops are going up from the train to the front. One guy gets killed before he even gets to the front. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I thought that was a great shot. And then, like you said, there's a shot a little bit later where it's at night and it's raining and the soldiers are going past the doorway. Yeah. And you can tell how cold it is. Like, yeah, yeah, this is not CGI breath that's coming out. It's like they're freezing their balls off making yeah. this movie. Because the movie it opens with that big parade, like oh we're going off the wall, you know. But okay, it's a you know it's a gay time, you know whatever. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and all I do over by Christmas. Yeah, we over by Christmas, you know. And, you know, you're like no, whoa, dude. <laughs> but um, but then like the camera does that wonderful swoop into the classroom. You know, and so the parade is going by and behind the professor as he's speaking and the parade is going by and all like the frivolity and whatever. And, and it's, you know, you, and you kind of have this feeling of like this, you know, the, the, the drums of war, how, you know, in this false sense of like, like how it's going to be a good time or, or it's going to be glorious or whatever. And then, um, you know, then, they, then, then you have those great, and that was, just, this is very interesting too, because then, then like they have all the, they, 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 they do the fantasy scenes or, or the, uh, for all those, all the young men in that room, in that classroom. And they're all thinking about, you know, what war means to them or what they would do in the war or whatever. And, 
And so you feel like you know them and you feel like you're going to like, you're going to spend the rest of the movie with them. And it's a really, again, I don't know if this is intentional, but like those guys just are cannon fodder and they're like out of the movie within like 10 minutes. I know. You know? Well, when you look at uh, and, and again, is the perspective of like seeing all these extras and all these costumes that they had to put together to like, Oh yeah. Shoot one scene. I'm like, that's a drop in the bucket to like what the war really was. So you yeah, did like yeah. millions of guys just like slaughtering each other. I mean, yeah. just, I, I can't even really wrap my mind around it, that they would just keep doing that. You're like, yeah, you're in, you're out. Yeah. And, and I think they really brought it, the trench warfare stuff to life. Like, like yeah. the great, the wonderful scene where they're um, in the bunker and the one guy's going crazy. Right. And, and he just can't stop like crying or screaming or, and like the set is crumbling all, you know, it's crumbling all around them. Like that, that was so, that felt so real. Like that, and also felt like so much more alive. You know, and, than I expected. And, and, and we're pretty jaded too. I mean, we've yeah. seen war movies that are bringing everything to bear on it with technology and, you know, with the language and the violent levels, like they can do whatever they want now. Yeah. So if like, you're like 1930, <laughs> you buy a ticket to this movie. Yeah. It's almost like you're watching a documentary at times. I mean, yeah. the trench scenes are pretty authentic. I mean, it's, it's the pretty, pretty real. Yeah. The war scenes were great. Like there, I gasped. I, I like, yeah. Even as jaded as we are. And it's like, you know, I've seen, you know, obviously I've seen like a bunch of war movies, like, and clearly like there's tons more blood and visceral action in the beginning of like saving private Ryan or, uh, or like, I don't know if you saw fury or something like that. You know, those world war two movies. Was that the Brad Pitt movie? Yeah. I, did yeah. you see that one? Yeah. I didn't like that one. I loved it. I fucking yeah. loved it. Yeah, because it was. It, I loved how crazy gory it was. And yeah, for me, it was a little. It was a little much. Um, I know that. I liked that. I liked that a lot. And I also liked it because it seemed like I read it as like a rejoinder to Saving Private Ryan. Because Saving Private Ryan is about like you know the noble intentions of our you know armed forces, and you know we got to say you know is it worth it? You know, and let's talk about our moms. And no, at home I'm a school teacher, and you know. Like, <laughs> You know, Spielberg crap, you know, it's like one good 20 minute scene and it's all like Spielberg sentimentality and, you yeah. know, and Fury is, and then, you know, there's like the whole, you know, like, oh, I need to build up my courage to kill the Nazi, you know, the guy from fucking spanking the monkey or whatever. I <laughs> mean, you know, like, um, and Fury like just dispenses with that within like two minutes, which is well, great. It's interesting because I think with war movies, you have to like walk that line right between like characters you care about versus the reality of what the war does. Right. And, and yeah, I think yeah. this movie does that well. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. It, it has characters you do care about, but there's some, some really good action pieces. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's a couple of like major trench battles, but most of it is, you know, following the characters and yeah. them talking and stuff. And so it does really kind of settle in to a, a very good, you know, character study if you if you want to call it that because initially it's yeah, yeah. it's like everyone's like mickey rooney and they're bouncing around <laughs> and then later they're getting more hardened and someone yeah. will be killed so it, it's a definite shift in tone by right. you know the 45 minute an hour mark yeah yeah and it's because you and again i don't know if this was because they weren't they'd never done this kind of thing before like this kind of like structure of, of a war movie because 
yeah, it seems like you set up these characters and you're going to be with them and, and then they just all, you know, dissipate, you know, and the ones that do like, you know, one of them like gets, you know, one of them is blinded and killed like pretty quickly. Another one dies where they get to the front. And one other one is like, you know, sent to the hospital and there's that negotiation about his fucking boots, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Which again, which again, like that was one of the scenes where you really had to work through that, that 1930s speaking cadence. Um, I also, you know, it was also like very like pre um, like naturalism, you know, on, you know, on screen like that Marlon Brando right. kind of thing. So yeah, it's like, there is a staginess to it and you have to work your way through it to get to like the real kind of psychological horror of that. It's like, so, you know, you're, here's our best friend, his, you know, like got his leg amputated and, but we, you know, look, I got blisters on my feet, man. Got to go, going to go March, you know, for eight hours tomorrow. You know, like why the, I need his boots. I know. Well, it's kind of- yeah. I mean, that that's a real issue with, with sur- soldiers in war, you know, kind of picking over the dead, you know, if they've yeah. got, you know, some food or a good pair of shoes, you know, what are you going to do? Just leave it out there in no man's land. Um, right. So it, it, it does bring up a lot of ethics w- with fighting. And, so, and again, like, that this is 1930 and that they're sort of bringing, and I know it's based on the book, but um, there's really no other movie to go by with this kind of thing. I mean, there's, you know, birth of a nation had some big battle pieces, but it's, it's not a talking movie. So at least visually there's a little bit of a, a frame of reference there. Um, And, you know, to a certain degree, there's just stuff that they weren't going to do, even though I know this is pre code. They're not going to yeah. show like guys' heads getting blown off, but right. but still, there's some definite reality there. There's this, did you catch the the hands hanging? The hands were wire? great. That was the part I gasped Holy at. I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna. Yeah, because I've seen like you know I kind of numbly accepted like fucking Black Hawk Down or um, Private <laughs> Ryan or something. Right. You know, but right. I, just like the hand, like the hands on the barbed wire. I was like, <gasps> you know, like that was crazy. Like that, and and yeah, there's no blood in the movie, and you don't. I mean, there are people. They're kind of like some good bayonet stabs that seem pretty real. I mean, I don't mean good in the sense of like, I, you know, but I mean like they're effective. Kill those Frenchies. Yeah, yeah. that's also very interesting. Uh, yeah, the because yeah, the big battle scene in the beginning where you you know you know these characters. The the first one where you know these characters, and they um they they later identify in a later battle that they're fighting the French. But I'm like. Were the Americans in the war at this point? Because I, I don't I'm shaky on my World War One history, I guess. But I'm trying to think because, again, the movie, I think it's kind of vague in terms of when it starts. I mean, you're I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. guessing the first scenes, it's it's 1914. OK, and then obviously, at the end. Uh, well, in the book, he gets killed on Armistice Day. I don't know if they said that in the movie. Um that's kind of you know the irony of the whole book is he gets killed in the last minute essentially of the war but no i mean i think part of the message is it doesn't really matter who's fighting who i mean they could be french they could be the british it's all the same yeah and yeah and that's interesting because you know but you again you can never do that again like post-world war ii you cannot do that again you cannot have like the germans be the everyman you cannot just be like whoever you're fighting be whoever you're fighting and you can't you can't have that reminder of the, of humanity because, you know, people just be like, well, what about the fucking Nazis, you know, which no, it's, it's really, it's, it's so sad that, you know, the German kind of military tradition has been so tainted by world war two. And in, 
that in World War One it's a lot more ambiguous. You know who who really kind of starts it? Who's the good yeah. guy? Who's the bad guy? Um, right. It's it's really just kind of a. I mean, I don't want to disparage it, but it's it's really just a pointless slaughter fest. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no higher purpose to it. Yeah, it's well, that's the thing about World War One. I. I mean, it's more it's the most illustrative war in a way because it is just about. There's no noble thing about it. It's just, you know, uh, Archduke Ferdinand got shot and there were a bunch of, uh, you know, dumb uh, agreements between countries. And I was like, well, I guess we got to kill two you know, millions of people. I guess we got to dig trenches now. And I guess, you know, it, back then they're thinking of probably earlier wars that were a lot shorter, like the Franco-Prussian War was, was I don't even know if that was a year long, but yeah. you know, they probably just figured they'd either roll into Paris or roll into Berlin, depending on your point of view. And it just, it just got caught in a stalemate, but then pride comes in. No one wants to call it off. So we're just going to keep this going until attrition has wiped everybody out. Yeah. And that was the other thing. Like, so again, like uh, all quiet on the Western front, like they have all these little scenes, like they pull all these threads of like, you know, like, all these threads that are so interesting and so telling. Yes. There's that great scene where he goes back and he's talked, he's on leave and he, um, he talks like all the old guys back at his like little hometown and like, Oh no, well here's what we have to do. And they roll out the map and like, we just have to. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of goes, goes into that pub and it's like full of MAGA, MAGA people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. They're very MAGA. Like it's very much like gaslighting um, him. Yeah, like this fog of war kind of shit, but it's also like, no, no, we can do it, and we're, you know, this, and and it's also like, well, because of you guys, and you guys are denying this reality. That's why this war is going to continue, and the slaughter is going to continue. And also, it's like because the, then that the again, that's not intentional, but what arises out of that is the grievance of you know, like the MAGA shit, and also that's also the grievance of Hitler. You know, like we were betrayed during World War One, we could have. We could have won World War One, and here I am to tell you, Germans, that we're better than everybody else, and and our cowardly leader is fucked up, and and I'm going to bring you into this glorious, glorious war, and so right. it's all, and it, it kind of it's related to that. It stems out of that. It's so I mean that's why this film is so rich to me. You pull yeah, out- well, again, it's like this movie's made in 1930, and so Hitler is, you know, he's coming to power in Germany. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they didn't, they didn't know about, I don't think, uh, but you know, you're right. That stab in the back idea yeah. was there and, and causing all that resentment in the twenties. And yeah. Um, and now, Hitler hated, hated that book. And I, I guess Goebbels hated it too. And yes, they exiled fuck, the, the author, uh, Eric, Mar- how do you, uh, Mar- remark. Mar- Remark, yeah, and that guy. I looked him up a little bit. I think you know more about him than I do. But I, I, don't, I mean, I just kind of went through his Wikipedia page. But did you oh, yeah. did you read about his sister? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. I know. So his sister know. stayed behind in Nazi yeah. Germany, and they eventually beheaded her. I know it's so crazy. And, I didn't even and, know they did that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like, what method of execution have we not used yet? Oh, we'll, we'll do um, beheading. Right. But that's how powerful like this message of like de- you know, the dehumanization of war is that, you know, you, they, they, they knew that they, they had to suppress it as hard as they could. Yeah. You know? Cause once you have that, 
because you know the Nazis are obviously all about dehumanization. That's the core of their ideology. Right. And once, and, and once you have introduced doubt into that, then you know the whole thing kind of falls apart. Uh, but it's also like, yeah, that guy, the author, he was such a stud, man. He had the greatest enemies. <laughs> fucking Hitler and Goebbels hated him, and he he like he dated like movie stars. He yeah, dated right. Lee Lamar and Marlena Dietrich, like the big one of the biggest uh, sex symbols of the twentieth century. Like what a fucking um, just a legend. What a, what a, I'm kind of in awe of this guy. Like, yeah, I, I'm like, gonna need to read the book. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the Frank Sinatra of literature. You know, it's like just right. like a superstar. Yeah. And speaking of Frank Sinatra, like you brought up the, the milestone, the director, another one of his films, oddly enough, Ocean's Eleven. No, I couldn't believe yeah. that when I saw that. Yeah, because that's not a well directed movie, as I recall. Like, I, I kind of was bored with it and turned it off. Um, I've never was, seen the original one. It's yeah, it's 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 what I was afraid that this movie was going to be like. A lot of people standing around in rooms talking, and you know, just like some break for like, "Hey, Sammy, you want to sing a song or whatever?" You know, yeah, some play or whatever. So the uh, the later George Clooney version is better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, now the, the George Clooney version is that's a great movie. Actually. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. But no, I mean, this guy, you know, he did like the front page, which I've never seen, but that's kind of a classic and of yeah. Mice and Men, Mutiny yeah. on the Bounty. That's yeah. the, like the one version of Mutiny on the, Mutiny on the Bounty I haven't seen. <laughs> There's like one. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this guy was pretty talented and you know, yeah, he did, it's a pretty long movie. He keeps things moving at a pretty good pace. Yeah. And, and just like scene by scene, like his, again, I want to like, I, w- I wish I knew more about it because stuff like the tracking shots with the soldiers running over the, uh, the trenches and like the, where I think it was a little sped up, it seemed. So it almost looked like, you know, again, it was like dehumanizing. It was like, they're teaming like ants on an anthill, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. And so it was like, um, but I don't know if he was like the first guy to do that. Yeah. Obviously like, yeah, you were, you were correct in pointing to DW Griffith. Like it, you know, like there's all the shit with the clan and, um, uh, birth of a nation, like those action scenes and stuff where the cameras moving with it. But I don't know if this is like the first time this is done in this context, uh, or stuff like when he, when the, the camera, like they, they show the guy with the machine gun and he's like, you know, moving the machine gun. And then you see the camera move in the same, um, you know, the same like, uh, uh, speed and view. Like, I don't know if like people, if that was the first time that had been done or things like, I don't like, I'll, I don't know, like all the, all the explosions and, and things like that. Like, I don't know how innovative this film was. Yeah. That, well, I wasn't able to find a whole lot, um, just in a quick search online, but no, I mean, I think in terms of, yeah, like the explosions and stuff, it doesn't seem like we've, advanced all that far from it right i mean in terms of practical effects this this movie is pretty impressive i mean everything yeah i mean with like the speed like they probably had to you know do the stabbings kind of slowly then speed it up later um but in terms of the the costumes and the and the guns like the machine guns and everything the 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 tanks and the trains and it, it looks very authentic to me yeah and so I don't know how much there probably was to go on. They probably just used, you know, literal 
army surplus, but also, <laughs> yeah, they had photographs and they had veterans, obviously they probably could have consulted, but um, now I'd mean, love to know more about kind of how this movie was made because I'm sure it was an expensive movie for the yeah. time. Yeah. And I, th- yeah, I think it was like the first, because there's a blockbuster. It was like a super popular novel. Um, you know, I, I, I read this, uh, this, I'm going to call, I'm going to put them on blast. I'm going to say the name of it. Yeah. Uh, ozy.com, ozzy.com. Like they have an article about it that I found. It's like the first page of Google or something. And okay. imagine a cross between saving private Ryan and Harry Potter. And then you have, and I'm like, cause they're trying to express that it was a big popular novel. And it's oh, like the right, only right. fucking assholes have ever read is Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was a big book, but it's also like the sentiment of the day. Cause the ambient horror of fucking the lingering horror of, of world war one, you know? Um, and it's sort of like now that we're in, I don't know, whatever decade we are, the unending war on terror and, you know, uh, in America, like there's sort of a similar mood, which I think maybe is why I respond, maybe why I responded to this movie so strongly. Well, but like, um, it's crazy, too, because I think the novel came out in 1929 and then this movie comes out in 1930. Yeah, they turned it around quickly. Yeah. yeah cause, but yeah, I think that it was like the first might have been again. I gotta find out. I don't know, but I, I mean, I didn't like the first big, big like um, war movie, blockbuster war movie, yeah. and it's a powerful anti-war argument. It's a powerful anti-war statement. You know, I mean, and you can see how it influenced other movies. Like, I don't know if you ever saw. Um, I think it's called Path to Glory or Path of Glory. It's Path with of uh, Glory, the Kubrick. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Because that which is it's a great movie, but it's mostly like a courtroom drama, but like it starts with like the um, like trench warfare during, during world war one. And it's very similar, very, like the camera movement, the way the trenches are and stuff like, uh, you know, and obviously, and I think that um, what's his face uh, Spielberg's like said that he was influenced by this movie for saving private Ryan, which is very interesting. Cause I, I'm going to, cause um, <laughs> like that Howard Zinn thing I sent to you. I don't know if you had a chance to read that. I did, yeah. Yeah, that was a very interesting because it was mostly like Howard's in saying pre pre nine eleven pre nine eleven like you know where you can still be like uh, anti war and not be you know you hate America or whatever <laughs> um, you know it, you can be anti interventionist or whatever and and still not get in you know get Dixie chicked or whatever but like um so you know he was talking about. Uh, saving private Ryan. And he's like, I, it was exhilarating, but I hated it. And really what, you know, I, it made me yearn for all quiet on the Western front. And he, uh, you know, and I was, uh, I was very, uh, I don't know. I was, I was very happy to see that he also alluded to the, the hands on the barbed wire thing. It's like, that's war. That's what that's. And that's what should have been saving private Ryan. Yeah. I had a lot of issues with saving private Ryan when it came out and, Certainly, you know, from a technical standpoint, it's amazing. And Zen acknowledges that. But no, I mean, the message is pretty much a John Wayne type of message of, you know, this is a good war and it's a platoon of colorful characters, you know, led by, you know, St. Tom Hanks. And uh, the Nazis are despicable. And uh, obviously they, well, they're not they're not the SS. I mean, they're like Wehrmacht. So they're like typical German troops, I guess. Not that that makes them great guys, but no, I mean, it's so, it's so loaded that that movie with its message, whereas I think, um, 
something like Thin Red Line is, I, I like that movie a lot more because I think it's a lot yeah. more ambiguous and what well, I shouldn't say ambiguous, ambivalent about kind of what the war is about. That's kind of right. a bullshit yeah, war. Yeah, that's pretty, I like that movie. I haven't seen it in a while. It's Terrence Malick, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, that's, but that seems to be more about like, an existential dilemma. Not a well, true, but it can't, you know, th- that the fact that it came out the same year as saving private Ryan was kind of interesting because saving private Ryan got all the, all the box office and, you know, I mean, thin red line, it's kind of takes it from a cosmic point of view. Like this is yeah, totally pointless. Um, but uh, I, I'd love to see what Zen had to say about that. But no, I mean, it's, this is a classic Zen review or just launches into it, you know, about, halfway through page one and, uh it's right it's like right out of his his book so yeah that was a lot of fun to read yeah i really enjoy that and um yeah i'm gonna i'll link to that on the on when i put up the episode yeah that's a good idea well to get back to sort of the template aspect of this movie when yeah. speaking of kubrick this movie yeah. reminded me a little bit of um full metal jacket oh yeah you kind of have this asshole uh, drill sergeant that the that the guys hate, and yeah, yeah. in this movie it turns out differently. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, at a at, at some level, it kind of reminded me of that, and other movies too, which are not war movies, but like Stripes. You have this prolonged yeah. training scene, and then they fight later. Um, so that's all kind of here in, in this movie too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the the interest in the um, uh, was it uh, what do you call that? No, there's a better word for than training. Um, basic train, I guess. Basic training. Yeah. Camp. Yeah, the camp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that it was interesting in this movie too, where that was the only that was actually I think the only note I didn't love in the in the. I mean, I understood and I liked it because it showed that it was the most cruel that that uh, Paul, the main character, is when he encounters the the drill sergeant again in the front and the guy's like being a coward and he's like, um, cause he's by then Paul is like battle hardened and you know, whatever. And he's like, Oh, you're yellow. You're yellow. You're a coward. You know, it's like right. the only time, but it's understandable. You know, it's the only time that he's cruel, which again is interesting, but um, yeah, there, there was a couple, I mean, cause I did love this movie and I want, and I hope that everybody, uh, who listens to this podcast will, will go out and watch it. But like, um, like there were a couple scenes that were kind of clunkers, like the scene with the, you know, the, those, those gorgeous French stains, the other side oh, of the ring, the buxom peasants or whatever they were. Yeah. They all looked like, like fucking Lillian Gish, like that, like super white face and, you know, like way too much. eye makeup. They look very surprised. A lot of cleavage. Where was that? I, well, I, for, I guess that you know, for 1930, I, yeah. I, in terms of code, that probably wouldn't have passed the code three years later. I was, I was looking more at like they were like clogs and like it looked like Crocs. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I, I couldn't even look past like the the the, the, the datedness of their uh, garments to to like objectify them. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I think, yeah, that was probably one of those scenes is like trying to get a little bit of romance or comic relief. Um, yeah. Because guys yeah. are trying to make their wives sit through a two and a half hour war movie. You know, you get a, yeah. Something yeah, like that. 
And yeah, and because and, most of the movie is that works out really well. Because like, it's like, well, we have all these ideas, and we have all these thoughts, and we have all these things we want to put into this movie, and so it feels like jam packed. Like, you know, like the like the scene of the you know him like with the dying soldier in the trench. Like that could be a whole movie, and I think actually it might there a whole episode of the Twilight Zone or something. You know, like yeah. that, that. That's a whole like I think there. I don't know. There's an '80s science fiction movie, Enemy Mine, which I think is it reminded me of which might be a, a deep cut, but, um, you know, and, or you have like the, the guy in, in the, when they visit the guy in the hospital or the guy, you know, later when, when Paul himself is in the, the hospital and it's like, like very Johnny gets your gun, got his gun, you know? Um, and you have the, the, the great scene. Oh yeah. The great scene with like the military weird logic and, you know, all driven by fear of the, the, uh, the chef when he makes, food for the entire platoon but half the platoon is dead and it's like well i can't give it you know there's i made 150 people and 80 of you died so i can't give it but you guys can't have all this food that's yeah. and, and it, that's very that's very catch 22 and it's like weird kind of logic and it's, yeah, it's kind of like well it's like i'm following orders my orders are to give it to you know right x amount of troops and they're not here so like now what do i do you know it's right. like just yeah. give all of it to the guys that are starving. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. And you have 80 starving guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> huge. Yeah. Of beans that you've been stirring. <laughs> and it looks disgusting too. They're all like arguing for it. Like give us so much beans. Like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, um, again, to get back to the, the template aspect of this movie, I think too, with like the sort of the newbies meeting the grizzled veterans, you yeah, which you so many movies, you know, Saving Private Ryan, again, it doesn't really change for like, you know, 60, 70 years. And, and even now, I mean, they still do that kind of stuff. But it's like, I was a little curious, like these guys, these kids get to the front and then there's like yeah. these old dudes that are already there. I'm like, how long have these guys been in here? <laughs> yeah. How long, how long have those guys been there? It seems like they've been at the war for like 30 years. Yeah, and the, that's usually reverse. Usually, the the old guys aren't recruited until later. When you're kind of, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel, you get the oldest and the youngest uh, shoveled yeah. into the meat grinder. But yeah. um, so that was kind of funny to see. Another thing, again, to to go back to the time that it was and how people talked. Did you f- notice like people touch each other more in this movie than they would today? No, I, I didn't notice that, but I believe it. And I think that's really interesting. I don't know what that means necessarily, but I don't know if it's, it comes out of theater or maybe just again, like with acting schools and yeah. where we are like, you know, there's a certain amount of distance between the care. I don't know, but like, I just kind of found it sort of touching in a little bit of a way because they're just sort of doing it. Like, you know, two old friends would, you know, just uh, hit each other on the arm or whatever in conversation. Like it was very kind of uh, un- unconscious, but it just seemed more than you would see today. Uh, and yeah. the interesting too, like the mom kissed the son a little too long there. I thought I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I also didn't realize at first from the body language that the woman the, with the butterfly conversation, that that was his sister. I'm like, is that, I thought it was his wife from the way like, Oh there. yeah, that was a little vague. And did you, yeah. you catch the symbolism later when he reaches for the butterfly? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. great. I missed yeah, it was that great. at first. Um, 
Yeah, no, that was him reaching out and trying to reassert his humanity and you know, being grinded, gr- grinded to death for it. Yeah, although it's funny, I, I, in, in Howard Zinn's uh, review, he says he says the actor's name, the guy who plays Paul, is, is this actor named Louis Ayers, who, the Minnesota yeah. guy. But in actuality, it was it, that scene was done in post, and <laughs> it was the director's hand. That's why I didn't yeah. show his face. Yeah. But it's still effective. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe, I thought it was, I maybe he it. doesn't die and he comes back for the sequel. But um, well, there is a sequel. I know. Yeah. Um, I believe. Uh, uh, yeah, that it's called Back Home or something. I think it's back. It, the road back. Oh, okay. But it's probably like I thought. Maybe it was like that. Um, that Jane Fonda movie with the, you know, where like the guy is a wounded vet and she's like nursing him back to health and it's depressing or whatever. Coming home. Yeah. Someone like that. Okay. I, I don't, well, I you don't know who directed the road back? Who? James whale. Frank- Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. I wonder if that's any good. I, I've, I didn't hear of it until I was doing a little bit of research, but, um, but you know, what's the other thing about this, um, that's interesting is they, they remade it in America as a, well, it was an American film to begin with, but they remade it in the like 1979 as a made for TV movie. Yes. And it looks just God awful, but it'd be interesting to watch. Cause you know, who stars in it is the fucking, um, again, this might be a deep cut, but it's that, it's that, uh, that actor that is in all like the, um, Stephen made for TV, Stephen King movies. He was on the you wall. Know? Did you watch He's, that? Oh, the wall. Yeah, exactly. That's the guy. The guy, John. Well, I know we probably had we had too much to talk about already, but it was like if we compared it to the, the made for TV movie with Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it on TV a long time ago, maybe parts of it because it's pretty long, too. It's like two and a half hours long. Yeah. I'd be interested to compare it and contrast because it's it's on YouTube, the whole thing. Oh, really? And it's it's a totally different structure, at least initially. Like they're right there in the trenches. There's no thirty minute build up or anything. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that maybe. Well, this is my thought. Okay, I was going to spring this on you. Sure. I I thought that instead of watching another like hundred AFI hundred movie list movie for next week, that um, I noticed that there's like kind of a resurgence of interest in World War One movies lately. And maybe if we, like there's that I think it's called 1917 that movie yes. that came last year. Did I have you not. See that? I have not seen it. I have not either. And um, Wonder Woman set in World War One. Okay. Yeah, and I thought maybe we could watch <laughs> we watch those movies in light of All Quiet on the Western Front, and also maybe you know like I don't I don't know if I, I'm sure that that made for TV remake sucks, but you know like give it a good college try or skip around on it. Like, yeah. On YouTube. yeah. Well, I started, I started that. watching it and like I said, the, the first five minutes, there's a trench battle. And I was like, I, I can't do any more of this right now. <laughs> Can you, I need a break from the, the slaughter. Yeah. What I, do, you I, think, do you think that's a good idea? Um, maybe we could do. Yeah. I mean, one, one or the other, I, if uh, I watch, um, so I don't one, think, yeah. Maybe Wonder I'll find Woman it would be easier because my wife could probably watch that. I don't know. Although Benedict Cumberbatch is in 1917. So maybe I could get her to watch that. Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, 
Yeah, I think it's 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 supposed to be like all in one shot or something like that. That's what I've heard. I don't know how that's possible without making you sick, but <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I think it'd just be interesting to contrast like the what this the morality of it or the statement or the view of war uh, is for these you know things and maybe like. You know, maybe if we don't watch like, because I haven't seen Wonder Woman all the way through. I started watching it and I thought it was garbage and turned it yeah. off. Like it was like the first five minutes is like five million years ago in the Amazon. There was this late, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't <laughs> care. Well, how does it segue to World War One? She just comes. I don't know. She just like comes out of wherever she's from. Um, and in it's World War One is happening, which is a really weird choice. Honestly. Yeah. She's yeah. She's, yeah, she's fights in war, and I think she's like in the trenches. I think there's like a a pivotal scene where she's like in the trenches in her like, you know, um, in her bathing suit superhero costume, which I, I think would be interesting, you know, to compare it to. And no one, no one finds this odd. I I haven't seen the movie. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. Okay, well. Maybe they're, Look, for all I know, they could all talk like the guys from All Quiet on the Western Front. They're like, oh, look, there's a dame. There's a she, dame on the, she's on the got front. Some, she's got some wonderful gams, I must say. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's going to be like a, a really, I think it'd be a really interesting contrast, too, because it's like a super movie, superhero well, movie. Yeah. I, I'm down for either. I think 1917, there's probably more to analyze, but uh, Wonder Woman might be for, more fun, especially if it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think people liked it. I think it's supposed to be pretty. Yeah. Well, what's it, Captain America or Captain Marvel? That was set in World War Two, right? Yeah, Captain America was set in World War Two, which you know, well, that's the original. You know, the comic book was that too. But I think yeah. the Wonder Woman, the comic book, was set in World War Two when it first came okay. out. Okay. Okay. I think it was, I think she was punching Hitler and stuff. The <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah, if only, man. I mean, Jesus, yeah. some wishful thinking. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I'm, I'm cool with whichever. What, what one thing I did want to say was, I would love it yeah. if a German company would take this movie on and do a version that's close to the book, but has real German actors, real German dialogue. I'd be interested to see what they do with it. I mean, I think it would still be pretty similar to the other yeah. versions, but, the, but not get, not having Americans. Cause I, again, there's that sort of Americanness that's a little bit distracting when you're watching a movie about Germans. Yeah. You had to work your way through that. That was the one thing like I would, you know, that, that was, yeah, that was the one kind of thing you had to work your way through. It's jarring. Yeah. You're not you're talking that weird way. And like, um, yeah, get like Wim Vendors or, you know, like Warner Herzog or, uh, who's the, um, no, not I mean, Warner Herzog would, as much as I like him, he would turn that into a travesty. We <laughs> <laughs> need all bears in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I will. He would just go off on some tangent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But there, there's uh, the show Babylon Berlin. It's on Netflix. If they could uh-huh. get like those people, that cast to do this, I think it would be terrific. Um, yeah, that's but, a good idea. I'd love to see that. I mean, also especially like 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 I said like. This is, we've kind of come back to this moment where almost it could be okay to make this kind of statement and have it not just be like rejected by 
by moviegoers, you know, this idea that like war, because I think there is like this war is hell kind of ethos that goes through all these movies, all war movies that you know came later, but it's like war is hell and but it's more nuanced and sort of like war is hell, but it makes like it, it, you go through a gauntlet and, and it's worth doing or something about it. That's like, like, this is shameful. You know, this movie is about like the shame of war and how it's avoidable and it's stupid and just, it's, it's terrible. I mean, you know, I, I, like, you know, you could watch like platoon or full metal jacket and there's some kind of echoes of that, but I feel like it's, it's different in, 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 in an important in critical ways. Yeah. Well, it's, there's this, um, there's this book called the face of battle by, uh, John Keegan who came out in the seventies and he, he looks at three different periods of warfare and kind of his take is that the wars have become more, uh, more dehumanizing in the sense of they're less personal, like, Back in the Middle Ages, the king of England would be in battle. I mean, he'd be fighting alongside his troops, which were not that many of compared to now. But like you were killing a guy, you were putting a sword through him or whatever, like you were right there. But now you can kill people from a cubicle in Albuquerque, you know, dropping a drone somewhere. So it's just like become completely depersonalized. And I think World War One is it's definitely the first war I think where that, that comes into play. I mean, there is like still hand to hand compact, but mostly it's just they're firing artillery all the time. And these guys are just, they're helpless. They're just stuck in a a bunker waiting to get killed by something shot from a mile away. Um, So it's, it's just, I think this movie says a lot about, about that shift. And unfortunately we never learn. I mean, look where we are. Like you said, how long it was 20 years out from nine 11. Yeah. I mean, we're, we still got, you know, 50,000 troops in Japan or whatever it is. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, we have a base in Germany. <laughs> yeah, bases just, everywhere. We've got yeah. $500 billion military. It's, yeah. we haven't learned. So, you yeah. know, these movies are being made. Yeah, that was like my, I don't know, if I was going to be a real asshole about this movie. If I was, because I do love it, and I think more people should see it, and I, and I, I, re- and I really respect it, and I, I'm on, I'm on board with this movie. But it's like, well, it really didn't do its job, man. World War Two, World War Two, and it didn't really persuade anybody, I suppose. But you know, obviously, you know, what are you going to do? Not fight Hitler? Yeah, I mean, it, it made a bunch of of Nazis angry, but that didn't stop them. I mean, yeah. Well, that's also the great, um, you know, that would be the counter. I mean, that's, that's what I realized too, is that like they had to suppress this movie. They had to be mad at it or, you know, or else it wouldn't be persuasive. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think this is, this is a really good movie. And if, if you're serious about movies and, and certainly war movies, it's, it's something you should see because it is pretty much the first great war movie. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's sort of, um, I think we were very skeptical about the AFI top 100 list and we kind of picked one at random and I know, and I was pretty floored by it and I was I'd be like yeah it's one definitely one of the 100 greatest movies ever made I I would say there's deserves to be on a list for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, so yeah, we'll 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 connect more over this week, but I think that maybe like the tentative plan will be like 
to I would like to follow up with some like something else about World War One. If you, if you don't want to watch nineteen or if you can't watch nineteen seventeen, maybe I'll try to watch it. Just me and so much as I can take of it and all. Okay, I, I think I could do nineteen seventeen or or Wonder Woman, one or the other. Um, I, I'm more yeah okay. I'm more inclined I'll, to nineteen seventeen because it's serious. Yeah, I'm okay. Maybe uh, okay. I'll try to watch both. I guess I really don't want to watch Wonder Woman to be honest. Like that just looks like just a, I saw like the first ten minutes and it just looks like a chore. Maybe you'll find like maybe you'll find clips on maybe we'll find clips online and I'll just exchange them. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure it if out. If you can think of something else too, I mean, if you want to do another war war movie or, or yeah, movie, yeah, there are not a lot of great World War One movies. I can't I can't think of too many. Yeah, that's what's interesting, you know, about this one. Also, yeah, there aren't too many, but there is this sort. Of, but that's what's curious and why I think it'd be. A, valuable to look at these two new ones you know where there yeah. is this re- resurgent interest in it um and any but in any event uh yeah sounds good man good all talk right to man you. all right thanks a lot Colin. all right good talk to you take care